Starting straight in. So I'm, uh, I'm in 1 John, uh, and I'm just going to read this for you, and then we're going to get into our message. This is the message that we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him while we walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Hallelujah. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. It's powerful. It relates to our passage in John chapter 12. You can turn over to John chapter 12. Behold, your king is coming. I mean, I just can't say that enough. He's come before. This is why we celebrate Christmas. He was born in a a manger. Uh, The wise men came and and, and they greeted him at some point and they brought him gifts. And we've been talking about how am I going to offer something (laughs) to this king who is coming. And uh, I just want to get right after it today. Uh, I think you should offer him your whole life. I mean, I'm... No messing around. I mean, that's deep. Like, I think you should just give him everything. I think he's worth that. If he's a king, I think he's worth everything. And so let's just, let's just go all in. So um, just to intro this message, have you ever walked in the dark? Who's walked in the dark before? All right, good. Um, so I do that every once in a while. You didn't need to know this, but it's in my underwear usually. I live in the country. And I'd be walking around my house because the dog's scratching at something or because, you know, I hear something or somebody's up and I'll be walking through the house, stepping on dog bones, nothing worse. Well, yes, there is one thing worse, Legos. If you haven't been sanctified, just, just go ahead and throw some Legos out and just start walking. That will help you. And uh, I don't know nobody will ever do that except for when it's dark. Right? And so, uh, but I also have this son. His name is uh, Quinn. And uh, he likes to get up really early. But he does not like walking in the darkness. He likes walking in the light, which is the title of our message today. Walking in the light. Walk in the light. So, Quinn really likes to walk in the light. I know this because when he gets up, he flips the light switch in his bedroom on, Levi's sleeping. I don't know how that works, but he still does, and uh, flips every light from him in his bedroom to us in our bedroom on. I mean every light, like under the kitchen, you know, where you have the additional lighting, you know, outside, you know, he gets them all on. It's like lit up like a Christmas tree. That's when I'm not walking around in my underwear anymore. I'm throwing some shorts on at that point. The house is lit up, and he's having a great day, and he's got the screen time going, and uh, he's walking in the light. And you know what? That's what I'm hoping for you. 
I'm hoping that you just are like, nah, I'm not going to tiptoe around Legos and things I don't know and see in the darkness. I'm, I just want to walk in the light. I just want to flip every light on in my life. I don't want there to be any areas of unbelief in my life, no darkness, and I want to serve the Lord with everything I have this Christmas and every day, because Christmas is every day. Live in the light. Let me read the passage. It's John chapter 12, verse 35. I'm going to just start a couple verses back. This is Jesus replying to them when they have some serious questions. A lot of unbelief going on in this passage. Verse 35, John chapter 12. It goes Matthew, Mark, Luke, John in the New Testament. Use the table of contents if you need to. Not a problem. We love you. We all had to learn at one point. So Jesus said to them, The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk. That's the circle that walk. Walk. Live. While you have the light. Lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. Amen? I mean, like Captain Obvious stuff? Like, yeah, if you walk in the dark, you don't know where you're going. While you have the light, believe. There's a key word. I, I circled that in my Bible. Believe in the light that you may become sons of the light. I've written down in my Bible, Ephesians chapter 4 and 5, especially chapter 5. And uh, I've written on the back side of your bulletin some passages you can read, and I believe that's there. Uh, so if you need some um, reading this week, th these are good passages along with the message. When Jesus had said these things, he departed and hid himself from them. So he's like, hey, you're going to be in darkness whether you want to or not. I'm getting out of here. And um, he's prolonging his life just a little bit longer. And then this. John breaks off into, um, you know, that's the last part. You, you get this, right? I mean, if you read John, like, this is the last time Jesus has a public ministry. Everything from here on out is with the disciples only, and then he's hanging on a cross. This is it. This is all you get. The light is gone. So it's a pretty big deal, and John wants to expound on it just a little bit. So verse 37, though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe. What? They still did not believe in him. So that the word spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. This is from Isaiah 53. That's another one of your readings on the back. Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Keyword revealed. Therefore, they could not believe. That gets even stronger. The first one seems like it's a human choice. The second one seems like it's God's divinity saying, you're, you're, you're done. Both sides here quoted from Isaiah. This is Isaiah 6. Go read that this week as well. For again, Isaiah said, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn. Keyword turn. You might want to circle that in your Bible. Keyword turn. And I would heal them. Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Again, you have to go read Isaiah 6. I want to read everything to you today. You can't handle that. 
right? And so I'm just over the course of the week, just a little chunk at a time, but when you get to Isaiah 6, woo! <laughs> it's a throne room scene. You're going to see Jesus. Isaiah saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him. Well, that seems good. But for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it. Circle confess it. That's really important that you confess Jesus is Lord. We'll get to that in a second. So that they would not be put out of the synagogue. When church becomes, this is a classic verse, when church becomes more important than Jesus, right here in the Bible, like underline and circle it, like not this, please. For they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. Unless we judge them, I think that's every one of our stories. At some point in time, you have loved the praise of man, whether your mom, dad, your employer, your wife, whatever. The crowd, more than the glory that comes from God. And it grieves me. I have it boxed in my Bible. I want to never have to deal with this again, and I know I will have to deal with it again, but at least I'm aware of it now, okay? And Jesus, uh, verse 44, this is kind of a summary. You might want to write that in your Bible. Here's a summary of Jesus' earthly ministry. What are you going to do with Jesus? Here's his, the end of it all, right? And Jesus cried out and said, there's over many times he said this. You could go back and recount all of it if you read John 1 through 12. That's in your reading as well. Whoever believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. Who's, who sent him? God the Father, right? Along with God the Son and God the Holy Spirit making this decision in unity. Jesus is going. And whoever sees me sees him who sent me. That's the Father. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen God the Father. I have come into the world as a light. There's our key word, light. So that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words, my words, that's important, my words, and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. Now, this passage, and it's been like this through all of John 1 through 12, it's like, when is he speaking in his divinity, and when is he speaking in his humanity? In his divinity, yes, he's going to judge you. In his humanity, he came to save you, right? Like, I mean, it's just like, he kind of keeps going back and forth, and you're like, what in the world's going on? Seems like he's speaking out of two sides of his mouth. He says he's not going to judge, and then he's going to say he's going to judge. I don't get it. Yeah, well, get it. He's 100% God, and he's 100% man. And the first time he came, he came as a patient, loving, grace-filled Savior. He told us the truth, but he tarried. And we don't know when he's coming again, but judgment is coming. Let me keep reading so you see that it's true. I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to love the world, John 3.16, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. There's a day of judgment. And at that day of judgment, you will be judged, I will be judged, the whole world will be judged by the word of God. 
He's already spoken it. More on that later. For I have not spoken on my own authority. Jesus doesn't spew some things out. And I'm hoping not to do that today either as I stand in the pulpit. I don't want to speak for my own authority. But the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment. What to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. That's the end game, guys. Gals. Underline that. Circle that. That's what we're going for. Eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. God, open up our eyes. All right. Here it is. First part. Darkness. There's darkness, darkness, darkness in the passage. There's darkness in the world. Give me some handles on that, Steve. Okay, it's unbelief. That's what it is. Darkness is unbelief. In the passage, he's equating this thing. He's saying, hey, we've got a lot of unbelief going on in our world, and it's called darkness. Darkness is unbelief. Let me give you a few things about this. Number one, we don't want to walk in darkness, right? Okay, great. But here it is. Unbelief is common. So even though we don't want to walk in, it's like the norm. Unbelief is common. We're born in unbelief. You're not born a believer. I hope everybody knows that. I don't care if you went to church. I don't care if your mom and dad baptized you as an infant. You were not born believing. You were born unbelieving. This is clear in Scripture. Unbelief is common. Look at it. Verse 37. Though they had done so many signs, though he had done, Jesus had done so many signs, some recorded, and in our uh, key verse at the end of it all, John 20, 30, and 31, like, he's like, and so many more signs he did that we may believe. And they didn't believe him. He had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe him. Crazy. Crazy. How many things has God done in your life? How many times has he saved you from a situation? Maybe you saw it, maybe you didn't. How many times has he loved you where you were at? Man, so many times. If I look back, if I just think about where I was and how he rescued me from me, from the flesh, from self, it's astounding. I have a story to tell. But unbelief is still a common thing in my life through it all. That's crazy. Unbelief is common, maybe even popular in our day. My son Noah uh, goes to public school and um, he's picked up some things of the world as, as you would expect when you do it too when you go to work, right? You pick up some of the character traits of the world and so on. And so sometimes we'll be talking and he'll say, really? Is that true? Really? Or he'll say this. Uh, this one gets me every time. Is he though? Are we talking about something? Is he though? Is he? And I'm like, he is. You know, whatever we're talking about. LeBron is the greatest. Whatever. Is he though? There's just this spirit, there's just this spirit of like distrust. There's just this spirit of 
especially of all authority. If somebody has authority, I believe Satan is trying to take an axe to the authority tree. If it's a parent, they're bad. If it's a pastor, they're bad. If it's a boss, they're bad. If there's anybody trying to have any kind of authority, whether biblical or not, it's bad. It's all bad. President Trump is bad because of... Really? I read the scriptures. And I search the scriptures, and authority is a God-ordained thing in our lives. Thank you for parents. Thank you for pastors. Thank you for bosses. Thank you for presidents. And we're supposed to be thankful, and we're supposed to pray for our authority. We're supposed to submit to them when we can, when it's godly. Anyway, I'll get off of my rant. But unbelief is common. And their unbelief in the passage is irrational as sin always is. How many, sign, how many guys do you have to see healed and still go, eh, I don't believe it. Like, really? Is he really? Like, come on. All right, then this. Hey, you know what? Could I just love on Noah a second? Could I love on him? Because I was kind of like, just kind of like, this is Connect Register from a few weeks ago. I've been carrying around in my Bible for a while because it just blessed me so much. Um, what could you pray for, for, for Noah? Here it is. Pray for spiritual strength in these dark days on earth. Pray that I will live with eternity in mind. Who writes that stuff? It's crazy. It's awesome. Praise the Lord for a godly kid who loves the Lord very much. And even though, you know, we're all in the world. And, and the world's got its hooks in us, whether you believe it or not. We're just, it rubs off on us. And we were born that way. Unbelief is common. Then this, unbelief is expected. God's not like, why don't you believe in me? Really? It's expected. Look at verses 38 through 41. So, the, so that the word spoken by the prophet Isaiah many years ago might be fulfilled. Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe. For again, Isaiah said, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they should see with their eyes and understand with their hearts and turn. You can write repent in your Bible right there. That's what turning is. And I would heal them. This is expected. Unbelief has been prophesied. Unbelief has been since the beginning of time. Adam and Eve were in a perfect garden and chose unbelief. No, I don't believe God's good. Since Satan just kind of said, maybe he's lying to us. Maybe he's lying to us. Was he lying? No, he wasn't lying. I mean, just because somebody says somebody's not good doesn't mean it's true. Unbelief is expected. So you have Isaiah 53 and 52. Uh, 52 and 53. Wow, I just wrote that in my notes backwards. That's awesome. I'm dyslexic. Okay. And, uh, and you have Isaiah 6. Hopefully you get some time to read those this week. But we shouldn't be surprised. That's the key. Don't be surprised. Just don't be surprised. It's expected. So here's what I wanted to do in our service right now. I'm not surprised that you're here with unbelief. It's common. I'm not, I'm, I expect that there's some unbelief in your heart right now. 
that maybe there's even a battle, like I don't know what he's saying is true and all this stuff. And Okay, so let's pray. Let's ask God to do what only God can do. Give us a spirit of belief, a spirit of trust in his word, not in me, in his word right now, okay? Everybody, let's go. Get with one person, whatever you need to do. If you want to pray silently, that's your cool thing too. I, I, it's good. Let's pray. Let's pray right now. Father, please, the spirit of unbelief that's in us, placed in us through our parents, all the way from Adam and Eve, this darkness, would you shine the light of Jesus Christ in such a powerful way that it would be exposed? Would you chase it from corner to corner of our lives? Because we want to walk and live in the light. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, two things here. This kind of passage, you just got to be clear with it, right? There's a free will of man and a sovereignty of God. And this kind of passage, you read it and you're like, what, what? They could not believe? That sounds like God has, you know, it out for me. He, yeah, that's right. He's the judge with the gavel and he's, you're bad. Maybe you feel that way. I'll just use Pharaoh as an example. I think Pharaoh was a person that God hardened his heart. Um, Ten times in Exodus it says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. You want to know something? Ten times it also says that Pharaoh hardened his own heart in Exodus. So here, here's what I believe, and here's, there's, there's both the free will of man and the sovereignty of God. And it, here it is. I want to give it to you. God hardens the man who has hardened himself. Example, Pharaoh. God punishes persistent sin by hardening people's hearts. That's why we should be careful of our sin. That's why we should confess and repent it and turn from our sin. Now, Psalm 81, 11 and 12 says it as clear as you can get it. But my people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. How many areas do you have that you won't submit to God right now? Right? So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsel. That's what we're talking about right now. All right? There is a hardening. You can read Romans 1. There's a hardening of people from their own sin, from their own choices. God gave you a free will. He's not choosing for you. You get to choose. All right, key word here is revealed, and I want to ask you this question, has God ever revealed himself to you, maybe through the Bible or your own life experiences? I think the truth here is that we uh, are blinded by our own unbelief, or maybe it's we're blinded by our own firm belief in that we're right, that we have the truth. Oh, I know, I've got this down. I'll keep reading, and uh, maybe with an open mind, and maybe that will change your perspective. All right, then this, key word here is turn in verse 40. Turn. Can't have 
the gospel. You can't believe in Jesus without turning from sin and repentance. Right? You, right? I mean, we are in the same church, right? You can't have salvation without sin. You don't even need to be saved from anything if sin's not the problem or the issue. Good. I'm glad we're on the same page. You see it here? Uh, Verse 41. Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Isaiah said because he saw. You ever heard this phrase? Seeing is believing. Is seeing believing? And you're probably sitting here like, yeah, if God, God shows me, I'll believe him. Just show me, God. I'll believe you. Show me that I'm supposed to be baptized. I'll believe you. Show me that I'm supposed to tell my neighbor. Show me that I'm supposed to give. Show me, show me that I'm supposed to work for you. Show me. And I'll, I'll do it. Show me. Right? Well, here's the thing. Seeing is believing, eh? And reading and hearing what someone else saw isn't believing. Isaiah saw. And he wrote it down for you through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's not believing? I'd say that's believing. So, sounds to me like an unbelief that God's word is true can be a problem in our lives. If God's word is true, if this Bible that we hold in our hands right here is the inspired, inerrant word of God, which I believe with all my heart it is, is why I search the scriptures daily to be like Christ, to live in the light then let's obey it. Then let's go hard after it. Let's turn from our own ways and let's turn towards God's ways. This verse makes it clear to me, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. That's how we walk. That's how we live in the light. By faith, not by sight. All right. Trusting God. Simply trusting All right, here it is, the third thing, unbelief is deceptive. Not only is unbelief common, not only is it uh, expected, but it's deceptive. Look at verses 42 and 43. See it right from the word, how deceptive unbelief is. Nevertheless, many of even the authorities, that's the Pharisees, the Sadducees, that's uh, the Sanhedrin, the, the pastors of the day, Many of the authorities believe, believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it. Now, I've read the rest of the Bible, and, and, and Romans chapter 10 tells me that, you know, there's, there's more to this story than what meets the eye, right? Because at first glance, I'm like, well, they believe they must be saved. But then it says they don't confess it. And if you turn to Romans 10, go ahead and turn over to Romans 10. Because of fear they did not confess it. But you need to see, I need to give you clarity on this. Um, See the importance of confessing Jesus as Lord. Uh, Chapter 10, Romans. Romans chapter 10. Just a few pages to the right. Let's pick up in verse 8. I'd love to read the whole thing. You can do it on your own. But what does it say? The word is near you and in your mouth and in your hearts. Man, you're holding it in your hands. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if, circle that if, because it's a clause, if, if, you got a choice, if 
you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew or Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who, what does it say? Call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So, I just feel like that's really clear. That's why I wanted to take you there. I'm back in John chapter 12 now. Here's the thing. Belief isn't something that happens to you. I showed up at church and all of a sudden, right? Belief isn't something that happens to you. You choose it. You choose to believe something. You choose to believe Steve's a good guy. Or not. You choose to believe the word of God is true. Or not. You choose to believe. Fill in the blank. Or not. It's a choice. Some of you also have faith as a gift. When you were saved, God gave you a gift, a spiritual gift of faith. And so you have bigger faith than any of us. And that's awesome. But there's a saving faith, and that's a choice. God's grace activates your faith, and you decide, I believe it or I don't. So what happens when you do believe it? You confess it, right? Okay, how many of you, by show of hands, I'm not trying to make fun of anybody if they didn't, that's fine, but I'm just asking the church, I just want to know my audience, how many of you have confessed Jesus Christ as Lord? You've said out loud, Jesus Christ is Lord, I believe it. All right, that's a lot of people. Praise the Lord, right? So, so once you have confessed Jesus personally, What's the next step in obeying God's word? I heard it. Baptism. Okay, so here's the way I'll say it. Identifying with Christ by confessing Jesus is my king publicly. First, you do it personally, right? It might be at home. You might pray it. You might say, I believe that you are Lord, God. I believe that you could save me from my sin. I believe that you have and you will, and I trust it. Thank you, Lord, for taking my sin. And I have your righteousness now. Praise the Lord for that personal touch, right? That thing, that intimacy you have with Jesus Christ. But then there's this thing of like making it public. Like if you have it, you don't hold it. Like if you have it, you're going to tell people about it. And so here's what the Bible teaches us is that baptism is the next step. So I could go through all of this, but I don't, I don't have the time to right now. Um, the Old Testament, there's a baptism in the Old Testament how Gentiles could become Jews. There's like a four-step process. Circumcision is in there. Not cool. Okay, and ladies don't get that. All right, good. All right, and then uh, I'm recovering. All right, and then John the Baptist came on the scene, and that was a, a baptism of repentance. It was for Jews to be Jesus followers or Jews to be actually coming back to God, right? And then next step, Jesus was baptized. Don't understand that. Jesus wasn't a sinner, had no need of repentance. 
So why was Jesus baptized? I just I got that question. Like, why in the world would Jesus be baptized? Well, the Bible tells us that it was a sign for John the Baptist to know that the, the work was done, right? He's the guy. Whoever you baptize and the dove came down on him, okay, the Holy Spirit comes down on him, you know, right? But I think it was also a sign for us, if we're opening our eyes, that we should be baptized, right? We want to be like Christ. We say that a lot. I want to walk in the light. I want to be like Christ. We should be baptized. Jesus showed us as an example. And then, he and his disciples were baptizing those who would repent of their sin. And so they did that. And then this last thing, kind of a five-step process here of just thinking through baptism. Then Jesus commanded us to continue to baptize people, right? Matthew 28, go therefore into all the world, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe all that I've commanded you, which is what we try to do every week when we're preaching, right? Just try to, hey, tell you what God's commanded you, right? And let's live it out. Let's walk in the light. And I am with you to the end of the age. That is maybe the most comforting word you're ever going to hear. I am with you right here in this room. He's with you. Do you believe that? He's with you right here to the end of the age. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. End this church age. We want to be in the kingdom. But until you do, we're going to snuggle up to your word. We're going to learn. We're going to grow. And we're going to try to submit to you best we can. All right. Have you been baptized as a believer? That's the question. Confessing your faith in Jesus Christ publicly. You know what the cool thing is? Next week we're going to have water. We don't have water every time. We're we're, we're a portable church. But next week we're going to have water. And you have an opportunity to follow Jesus Christ in what we call believer's baptism. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. And, and that's real to me. It's real inside. The Holy Spirit's baptized me. I'm, I'm, I'm full of the Holy Spirit now. He came. But now I want to tell you what Jesus Christ has done in my life. And when you testify to that, man, who knows who's going to be here next week and hear your story, and God's going to use your preaching. <laughs> There's no message next week. It's you preaching. Right? And God's going to use you preaching your story. And people are going to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior for the first time and want to be baptized as well. I can't wait. It'll be fun. For those of you that have been baptized as a believer already, you're like, well, good. I'm off the hook. No, no big deal. Well, hold on now. What's our thing? We like tell other people our story and invite people to like be saved and baptized in Jesus' name. What a great opportunity for all of you. You know there's going to be water here, Lord willing. If something doesn't happen, well, we'll get water. <laughs> you know there's going to be water here. What a great opportunity for you this week to be bold with your testimony and faith and see who might need to come to know Christ and then be like, hey, we're having a baptism service this week. You want to go tell everybody what happened in your life? And if they're truly saved, I'm pretty sure they're coming, right? Because they don't know any better, and they're like, yeah, I think I need to be. And you can show them from Scripture that they do. All right, I've belabored it long enough. Are we good on baptism? Everybody get what we believe about baptism? It's very clear what the Bible teaches about baptism, and uh, we're really, really um, 
clear on it. Let's be honest and clear in church today, okay? What's holding you back from believing Jesus and being baptized as a believer is unbelief. That's what's holding you back. Now, I want to dig down on this believe but unbelief. Okay, so here it is. Believe but unbelief. Believe but unbelief. That's what this is. They believed but for fear of the Pharisees. Eh, they didn't confess it. They didn't really believe. Until Jesus died on the cross and Nicodemus was like, hey, I'm coming out. And Joseph Arimathea is like, me too. And they're the ones taking him off the cross. You think they're not coming out then? Oh no, I'm with him. <laughs> it's him. That's the king. And even if he's dead, I'm with him. They know. All right, so this believe but unbelief. It's really crafty. It's deceptive. That's our word, right? So I just feel like I need to spend a little time on it. So here it is. I call it the gospel plus. The gospel plus. Isn't it true? There's the gospel. And then the, we like add some stuff. Right? The gospel plus. So don't add to the plan of God's grace. Here's the things. Here's five things that we add. Going to church. How many of you thought at one point, I'm saved because I go to church? Come on now. Anybody? I'm saved because I go to church. That's the gospel plus. We're saved through faith in Jesus Christ paying for our sin. That's clear. Giving money. If I just give money, I'm good with God. I'll be saved. Giving money. How many? I mean, I thought if I just gave money to the church, that I'd be in a good spot with God and I could go to heaven, be with him. Gospel plus. Don't do it. Don't add to it. Being good enough. Being good enough. This is a tripper. Like, this will get you. This, this will trip you up big time. Trips me up still. Oh, I got to be good enough. Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm never good enough. And I've come to grips with that. And I'm not even trying to be good enough anymore. <laughs> right? And then this. Get working. This seems like a get working church to me. Steve, you preach on get working all the time. It doesn't save you. It doesn't save you. Here's what it does do. It strengthens your relationship with Jesus Christ once you are saved. And at salvation, Jesus Christ gave you gifts to grow the body. And so I'm not going to apologize for preaching, get, get working, but it doesn't save you. Let's just be clear, okay? It does not save you. If you think it saves you, please, don't put that on me. I'm saying right now, everybody listen, works don't save you. Serving children's ministry won't save you. You know what it'll save? The parents in this church. It'll help them out. It ain't saving you, all right? You go home tired. You're going to need Calgon or Rescue or something after that, man. You're going to need some mineral spirits or something. I don't know. You just get in the tub. It's hard work, but it's good. It's good work. Love those kiddos. God help the kiddos to learn about you today. Okay, this last one. Other means of grace. Other means of grace, like infant baptism, or maybe your first communion, or maybe just communion. Maybe you're like, yeah, if I come and take communion, I'm so glad you did communion today. Oh, you know, it's special. It is special, because it reminds us of repentance. And it brings us back to that place of repentance, where we say, God, my sin is ever before me. 
I'm working out my salvation with fear and trembling. Will you take this from me again? Confirmation is another means of grace. Marriage. Some churches believe that if you're married, you have more grace. We don't believe that. Matter of fact, I was talking to our our executive pastor from IXP. He's like, I think it's a gift that I'm single. Praise the Lord. The Bible says something about that as well. Confession without repentance. There's some people that are like, hey, just confess. You just confess and it's all good. You can go do whatever you want. Just confess. That's not what we're talking about. That's another means of grace. That's not it. Okay, everybody say not it. Not adding to the gospel. Okay, then there's the gospel minus. Sometimes we empty the gospel of its power by taking some stuff away. Well, grace minus, you know, here it is, sin. Sin has always been the problem. It will always be the problem until we're all glorified in Jesus' name. I call that easy believism. If that's what you believed one day when you were five, well, I just want to go to heaven. With my mom and dad and cupcakes and unicorns. Great, good for you. But sin is the issue, and if you don't know sin's the issue, we don't have salvation. All right. Two, suffering. Like, this is a great list, Steve. (laughs) Suffering. Yeah, like some people think like suffering stops at salvation. It doesn't. It actually gets worse. And Jesus is pretty clear about that. You're going to fill up what's lacking in my suffering. What What was lacking in you hanging on the cross, Jesus? But that's prosperity gospel, to think that it's all going to be good once I'm saved. Hey, it might even get worse. It will continue for sure. And then this, sanctification. Sanctification as part of salvation. Okay? Some people want to empty the cross of sanctification, that it's a work, that we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. They're like, no, 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 I'm saved. No, I'm good. No, it's all good. Well, I don't have to go going through anything anymore. It's like, come on, you are. And sanctification is a part of salvation. Matter of fact, there's four parts. Everybody write them down quickly. Election, justification, sanctification, that's the one I think we lose, and glorification. Those are the file folders in the drawer called salvation. Four parts, one word, salvation. This last one I didn't even put on the screen, but it's confess it, and I think you already got the point of that. You need to say it, you need to speak it, you need to share it with others, because once you have it, you can't hold it. Once you have it, once you really have salvation, there's no way you can hold it. There's times you'll want to hide it because you're living in sin. That's gross. Repent. Go back to the beginning. Repent. But once you have it, you can't hold it. You have to get it out. And it's so awesome. All right, let's move on. Last thing. I'm going to be over time here. But this is a really clear and a great message. And uh, from God's word, I want to give it justice. Um, So I apologize for being over even now. But I'm not going to apologize for the word of God. So here it is. Live in the light. Here's the second one. Light equals belief. And belief is essential. Believe is in this passage eight times. It's an important word. Belief is essential. I'm just going to read this for you so I can be done. You can read John 1 through 12. If you don't believe in Jesus, that'll help you. It's his word. He could tell you. 
But here, here's what I have to say here. Good news is Jesus wants me to believe in him. That is why he came to earth, he cried out the truth, he died in my place, and for my sin, he rose in victory over sin and death and offers me eternal life today. Amen. He's asking you to believe. It's essential. And when you believe in your heart, you will confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Couldn't be more clear. Let me just read it for you. And Jesus cried out and he said, Whatever, whoever believes in me believes not in me but in him who sent me. This is a God thing. Whoever sees me sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Now, if you hear my words and you don't keep them, that's a rejection statement. I do not judge you. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world, because I love it and I'm patient. The one who rejects me and does not receive my word has a judge, the word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. Let me close with these verses, John, 4, uh, John 1, 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. That's how he starts the book of John. Here's how he finishes the book of John. John 20, verse 31. But these are written... First 12 chapters of John behind us. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. I want you to think about it this way. The written word points to the living word. The written word, this right here, points to the living word. This, keep reading it, this is the living word, and it, and it points. The written word points to the living word. Okay, so it's like this. It just reminds me of this. You ever taken a test? Mostly in college this happened to me. You've taken a test, and you're like, we never studied that. You never said that. Why is that on the test? Anybody? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's frustrating, right? It's frustrating. I'm like, come on. At least you could say it if you're going to put it on the test. And, and where, where, where would you have found the answer? In the homework, in the book, in the chapter I didn't read. Hey, guys, you're not going to be able to stand in front of Jesus Christ at the end of it all and say, I didn't read that chapter. This is a test you can't fail. You do not want to fail this test. I'm trying to be very clear with the gospel today. I feel the weight of every one of your souls on my heart right now. I will answer to whether I was clear with the gospel. Believe in Jesus Christ. That's the answer to the test called life. Believe that Jesus died on a cross for your sin. And then he rose from the dead, conquering in victory 
over sin, your sin, my sin, and death. Be saved in Jesus' name. Just a few verses to close. Acts 17. In case you're still wondering. The times of ignorance God overlooked. Don't feel bad. He's going to overlook it. But now he commands all people everywhere to repent. Because he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. That man's Jesus. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising Jesus from the dead. And Romans 2.4 says this. Or do you presume on the riches of the kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? God loves you today. He's waiting for you today. But there will come a day when every knee will bow. That's the next verse. Philippians 2, 9 and through 11. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. We just sang that, right? One name above all names. The name is Jesus. So that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, willingly or not, and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Here's how we're going to close our service. If you believe Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, I want you to stand and say it. I want you to confess it. It's not compulsion. If you don't want to, if you already have, that's great. But man, it encourages your pastor to hear you say it. And it encourages fellow believers to hear you say it. Just stand and say it. Jesus is Lord. He's Lord. Father God, we love your people, those that are called by your name. And we pray that you will give light to all. God, you've revealed, you've called us to turn. We shouldn't fear anyone but you. We need to believe that what you say in your word is true and that you're coming back. And there's no one on this earth that compares to you. There's no one I'm scared of on this earth. I'm in awe of you. So God, give us the faith to believe your word is true and help us to be obedient 